One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass!" So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. HIV Hope and Charity is a podcast series brought to you by TVPS, a Berkshire-based charity that's been supporting people affected by HIV since 1985. I'm Sarah... And I'm Jess, and we work for TVPS. And our mission is to give people affected by HIV a voice. If you'd like to know more about the work we do, visit our website, tvps.org.uk. Well, oh, (laughs) that was a bit... (laughs) What's going on? (laughs) What a professional start. Welcome to HIV Hope and Charity. So, Jessica. Hello. You were at Reading Pride a few weeks ago. Yes, yes, I Which was. is fantastic. It's always fantastic. Um, great great event. event. Oh, we're like one mind. We almost sung that together. <laughs> That's yeah. so weird. But, and all great for us because there's lots of interaction with, uh, you know, just different members of the public. Mm. But you notice this year, more so than other years, yeah. there's also a lot of confusion around HIV and kind of messages of awareness definitely definitely i mean i think it's great that people are hearing these messages i think is the the main thing but there's definitely a lot of confusion i had a lot of people who who had heard of say u equals u which for everyone that's not aware means um undetectable means untransmittable so if you have an undetectable viral load it means you can't transmit hiv to anyone else which is fantastic but so you've got U equals U, um, and they didn't really understand that, so we were explaining that. But then they're asking, well, what about PrEP, and where does that sit? How does that work? And what, where do condoms sit now? And, you know, then you have other campaigns where they say that testing or treatment has prevent. And it was just like, well, wait a minute. Let me put all these pieces out and see how they sew them together. Because we've always said it's great to have as many campaigns as possible because HIV and HIV prevention, I think we would agree, isn't talked about enough. Mm. And isn't enough in the media, but how do we? There are just so many messages. There are, yes, there are, and it's it's not always that cohesive. I mean, we've not been confused in the past, mm. but I think we have been 
a bit undecided about which message to promote yeah. or do you promote all of them and then yeah. you risk diluting those messages. Yes, yeah. well, it's almost, a, you know, we had a service user who was saying, well, I'm undetectable, so you equals you. But, you know, the clinic would like my partner to go on PrEP. But hang on, if, if you equals you and I can't transmit, then why are they going on PrEP? And do you know what I mean? It's just, you're a bit like, oh, yeah, <laughs> okay. There are lots of different messages there. Um, there are, and that's great. We've worked here forever. And for a long time, there were no messages at all. Yeah. And now we... <laughs> Now we have a lot of messages to so choose many. from. Yeah. Um, and I guess for us, the challenge is helping the public understand what everything means. Completely. Because they still don't understand what undetectable means. I probably wouldn't if yeah. I didn't work in the sector. Yeah, exactly. Because you don't sort of have that vested interest. Do you? Um, someone I was chatting to uh, a few months ago, had, they were actually talking about the Charlie Sheen thing. Mm. And when they were talking about you equals you, she had said to me, well, that's not a real thing, though. He's, that's, that's not true. Really? Yeah, I, was just, I was literally just like, <sighs> my mind just exploded. And so I'd sat with her and explained the science of that and what that actually means, and then she understood it. But imagine, if her and I hadn't had that conversation, she would have held that mindset and thought, well, that's, that's just not true, is it? And you just and then just gone off into the world, and that's just where that message has finished for for someone. You know, oh, it's so difficult, and I don't think the media help. Oh, definitely not. Because whenever um, someone famous uh, decides to disclose that they're positive, the focus is on their diagnosis, not on anything else. Actually, it shouldn't yeah. be on anything. Yeah, you know, it's no one's business but theirs. Exactly. But they kind of perpetuate stigma, I think, around this. And that makes our messages even harder to get out. I would 100% agree. If someone's coming out as positive, like we said, really brave thing to do. Great role models. But it's it's literally headline news for days. Mm. And you're like, that is sensationalising something. It's We're not saying, oh, there's no stigma and HIV is super acceptable. If it's the front page of everything, like you, you can't have it both ways, you know? I think it makes it difficult, doesn't it? Because the front page will be so-and-so, HIV positive, and then right at the bottom, they're undetectable. Yeah, teeny tiny letters. You have to read the whole article to get to it. Yeah. And you just think, oh, man. Exactly. It should be a totally moot point, really, I suppose. But no, for us, we, we are really glad there are so many messages. But like you were saying, it's picking which message to put out when and to get people to understand and I think as well for us, especially with um, PrEP coming along in the PrEP impact trial, which is fantastic, we've seen a difference in how people are using language. So we see people that are positive or we're testing people whose partners are positive and they say it's fine, they're on PrEP. We're like, well, or, or, yes, but no, because they're not actually on PrEP, are they? So it's it's that kind of, is that the language that's being used mm. across, I don't know, everywhere, who knows? So as uh, the kind of key person in our organisation deciding on our public messages over the next few months, Mm. I want to wish you luck. Well, thank (laughs) you. Thank you. Well, we will be putting everything out. Like we said, I think it's all amazing. I'm just, I think you and I just need to have a few more conversations, speak to our colleagues, see what works for them, in what order they put it out, how they put it out. And, you know, I think there's a lot of conversations to be had. Um, and then we'll just get it really, really good. Our messages, yeah. <laughs> really good. Is that technical term? <laughs> it's completely my technical term. I have um, full faith in you that it's going to be really good. <laughs> no, it will, it will, it will, it will. Oh, let's move on to our guest who very patiently is waiting <laughs> for us to shut up. <laughs> 
Say hi, Andy. Welcome to our podcast. Hello. Hello. Thank you for inviting me to join the podcast. <laughs> you look really happy. <laughs> <laughs> like you're in front of a firing squad. It is. It's like being interviewed, isn't it? It's all going to be fine. It'll be fine, yes. Yes, you'll be fine. And thank you, because I know you're feeling a bit under the weather. The only person in the UK to get a cold during the heatwave. <laughs> yeah, it's just my luck. It is, isn't it? So, um, yes, if I don't sit too near you, it, don't be offended. I just don't well. want your germs. So, the prep trial. Yes. Which you're on, aren't you? Yes, that's right, yeah. How's it going? It's going very well, thank you. Okay. When, how long have you been on the trial now? Oh, it must be getting on for about 18 months, longer than that. Is it as long? Oh, yeah. I didn't realise it was that long. Yeah, it's over a year, so I think closer to 18 months. Okay, so cast your mind back to 18 months ago, and I remember yeah. we'd had conversations about the trial. Yeah. You were aware of kind of what was going on. What made you decide to go for it? From the team here with TVPS to say, you know, go for it, try it. Mm. Because well, you were you were buying it previously, weren't you? You were purchasing prep. I was. And where purchasing, was that from? I was, I was purchasing up at Dean Street. Okay. In London, um, because that was the easiest place to go, mm. other than to buy it overseas, buy it from overseas. Mm. Yeah, but it was an expensive um, period of about seven months that I was buying it for. Really? Okay. How, how much roughly was it? If you don't mind us asking, if that's not too. I, I think it was coming up at about a thousand pounds every three months. Wow. Whoa, that is expensive. Yeah, it was very expensive. Mm. Yeah. But that was the Truvada. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, but there were cheaper alternatives you could import. And the reason I didn't do that was that most, well, all of the companies wouldn't take credit cards. They wanted bank transfer. And I didn't right. feel comfortable about transferring money overseas. Yeah, of course. That's yeah. fair enough. I know um, Dean Street have since, uh, they do their own, well, they, they're able to do it. It's a lot cheaper now. So you yes. can go there, and I think it's around yeah. thirty to forty pounds a month. It depends how long you, much you buy at a time. I think it's about that if you just buy a month. But if you buy, oh, if you buy three or four months or even six months, the price will come down again. Mm. And I think I think they're saying something like six months supply is equivalent to about seventeen pounds a month. Oh, okay. So it's that it's that deciding whether you want to spend six months mm. um, money to get the cheaper value, or whether you can afford to do it that way. Right, okay. But it doesn't alter the fact you need to be tested every three months to make sure everything's going well. Okay, so when you started on the trial without our local clinic here, um, you were tested for HIV? Tested for HIV, tested for the the, um, other STIs. Mm -hmm. Um, Also, my hepatitis B count was redone. I think that was the main things they did. Okay. Yeah. And then you're given three months' supply of Travada? Three, three months' supply, yeah. In fact, they're not using Travada on the... Um, on the impact trial. On the impact trial. Yeah. They're using they're using the Mylem. Right, OK. Yeah. It's equivalent to Travada, mm. but um, they obviously found a way of getting that as a cheaper price. Right. So you're given your three months' supply. Yeah. And then you take it, you take it every day? I take it you? every day. And the the reason we're taking it every day is then you don't have to be planned. You you can just go out on a spur of the moment and have some fun mm. and enjoy yourself without having to worry about it. The other alternative is you take it before you go out and then you carry on for a number of days after the um, after the event and then you start again. But you've always got to think about what am I going to do maybe tomorrow 
rather than have, have an opportunity come up which you just can't really refuse. Okay, so yes, because we've talked about this within the team about event dacing and mm. daily dacing and, and how you, you do have to be more organised. You have to you're... be very organised if you're event dating. Yeah. But for you, spontaneity is, is kind of That's the key, key to it. That's, yep. that's the important thing to me was the spontaneity and you know, mm-hmm. the fact that you, know, you didn't have to worry about whether you'd taken it 24 hours before. And, mm. you know, and, I, and I believe the people who've, where it appears to have failed have all been event dosing. Right, okay. Yeah. So you take it every single day at the same time? Yes. So exactly the same as someone who is taking any, any meds? Yeah, any other meds. I take it, you take it once a day. At the, at the same time, mm. yeah. And then you go back to the clinic every three months for blood yeah. tests. They do blood tests, and they and they do the other SCI tests again. And um, and do they? Is it your kidney? Is it kidney and liver function? Yeah. yeah. They once a year they'll do the kidney function um, because there is a risk of kidney problems. So you, they do warn you about being careful about using over the counter painkillers like um, abrufen. Because right. any any of those which can affect your kidneys, this could actually compound it. Mm. So there is a. Uh, they say if you're just taking it for a couple of days, if you're just using a brufen for a couple of days, not not really a problem. But if you're going to use it long term, you should really consider what else you're going to do. Okay. Yeah. And for you, I mean, the benefits definitely outweigh kind of the negatives. Oh yes, yeah, but there's. <clears throat> I think part of the trial is to see what the negatives are because they know a lot about it because it's a drug that's been used in HIV mm. um, treatment as well. But it's just seeing how what the impact is and whether it actually does what it, what they hope it does, which is re- reduce the chances of, of um, contracting HIV. Mm. And you've always mentioned that you've kind of taken it as sort of like a secondary level of protection. Oh, that yes. right when you're out cruising? Tell us oh, a bit yes. about that. It gives you that confidence that if a condom does break, that you've got that secondary level of protection. Because, yes, I'm a, I'm a bottom. I, I love having man sex. That is extra protection. I mean, a lot of people like to be barebacked, and unfortunately it does happen, and I think it's happening more now, where um, someone will start with a condom on, they'll withdraw, take the condom off, and go back in, and you've got no idea they've done mm, that. It's called stealthing, isn't it? Yes. Stealthing. Yeah. Is that heard that? Yeah, yeah, that's the I term. I didn't know it had an actual name. Yeah, yeah. stealthing. And, and it, wow. is, it does happen. And, and that's, has that happened to you? Well, that's happened to me a number of times. Really? Yeah. And you don't realise until it's too late what's gone on. And oh, so you have God. got that extra level of protection. It's not protecting mm. you against the STIs, because you've lost that level with, with the condom being mm. used. But, um, yes, it is happening. But I don't go out to bareback. I go out to have sex mm. and you know, I'll always have condoms with me. I'll always, you know, be be prepared, but you can't prepare for something like let's say the condom breaking or someone as you say to to um do some stealthing. Do you have when you go out and, and you meet other men, do you have conversations around do you tell them you're on prep, for example, or no. there's no No, very no. rarely. If you know if you meet somebody regularly Mm. Yes, that's a different conversation. But if you're out on a cruising site, you're really you're out there for one thing, and you're all there for the same thing. And do you have to, um, as you said, you take the condoms out? I'm not saying other people yeah. don't, but do you find that you're having to um, bring those conversations about about using condoms, or is it kind of a mutual thing? Is it's everyone a, a bit like, a, where are we at? It's a it's a mutual thing. I mean, lots of them will say, "Have you got any condoms?" 
and they'll, you know, they'll, you can have more fun if you have got the condoms. Mm. If you haven't, it doesn't go as far as that. It, it okay. might, it might just be you have oral sex. Yeah, it's good to know these conversations are happening. Yeah, at the cruising sites, that's yeah. that's really good. And you do get to know some of them who don't, who won't have that conversation. But if you're prepared, you know, it's it's um, it makes a difference. Yeah. But certainly you do meet certain people and you know that um, the chances of using a condom aren't as high as if you've got some other people. But I think it also depends on what that other person's lifestyle is and what they're doing. Um, because you have to accept that a lot of the time you go on a cruising site, there's an awful lot of bisexual men there. Mm. And this is, this is their relief from their wife. Do you think they worry about the risks? I think some of the younger ones do. Because they they obviously don't really want to have to explain to their wife why she, maybe she needs to be tested for something, mm. or they need to t- explain to their partner that they need to be tested for something. So I think some of them are worried about that risk, mm. but equally, I think there's probably some who are just not really worried. Do you think that's because they just don't think it will happen? I think there them? is a lot of it. It won't happen to me. Right. Okay. Yeah. And and you can talk to them and say, well, when you when were you last tested and a lot of the time, they haven't been tested in a year or two years. Some of them have never been tested. Mm. So it's tricky, isn't it? Because those are the sort of people that prep mm. yeah. might be suitable for. Um, but how do you reach them? Yeah, how do we... Because when we've tested people who uh, present as, let's say, straight, with uh, they've got a partner or a wife, um, but will say, no, I'm completely straight, but I had an incident of unprotected sex with a man... It's very difficult to have, as much as we tried those conversations um, around the risk, around say sex, because it's very much, no, I'm straight, this isn't something that happens. So it's hard to start, you know, having those conversations of saying, well, actually, prep could really work for you. Yeah. It could really work for you, but it's uh, you either, you're either doing event-based dosing or you're doing daily dosing. Mm. And I think you're then coming home or you've got somewhere in the house, you've got a load of tablets, and or do you leave them in the office? Yeah, we're in the car. Or in the car, but yeah. then there's a risk of being found in the car. And I suppose that's quite a big commitment to make, isn't it? If, in yeah. theory, you do identify as a, a straight man, even though you're married, that's fine. We can all identify as whatever yeah. we want. It's it's making quite... It's almost acknowledging it to yourself, isn't it? That actually, no, I'm, there's forethought here, rather than, oh, I've just ended up at the thicket today. Mm. And this has just happened. Oh, but it's a one-off. It only happens yeah. once. It, it's it kind of acknowledging, isn't it? So maybe that's the bigger issue. I think also the other one is it's the, the fear of going to a clinic and maybe meeting people you know. Yeah. So they might not go to their local clinic. But that's why you know places like Dean Street in London do so well because the chances of meeting anybody you know up there is very much smaller than meeting someone in your local mm. um, sexual health clinic. That's true. Yeah, And we do know when we've been out raising awareness... Um, at cruising sites like the Thicket, which is our local, yeah, kind of popular cruising, <laughs> very famous site. one. Yes. <laughs> All the celebs down. <laughs> um, completely lost my train of thought I'm because so I'm sorry. sidetracked I'm so by so which celebrities you've seen. <laughs> no, I haven't seen anyone. It's just been in the news. I'm not mentioning names. It was just in the news a few years ago. I realised when I said that I made it sound like some kind of A-list sex hangout. This is what I'm not saying. what I'm saying in any way. You were going to start outing celebrities. No, definitely not. <laughs> stop, stop the podcast immediately. Definitely not. I think if you Google it, it's it's there. Mm-hmm. But anyway, let's move on. Yes. <laughs> kind of backtracking really rapidly. 
Okay, um, let's get, let's get back to prayer. <laughs> Have you had um, any side effects from the medication? Nothing I've really been aware of. Mm. Uh, one of the, one of the things you're told is in the first sort of couple of months you might have weird dreams. I have had a few weird dreams in the first few months, but I've not been aware of anything since then. Mm. And um, every time you get tested, you get asked those questions: Have you had any side effects? And I really haven't had anything other than that, that first sort of few months of the drug. And um, maybe I've been lucky. I don't know, because I haven't really spoken to other people or heard of other people who've had any major side effects. Mm. Isn't it a bit... I mean, it, it's really tricky, isn't it? Because I feel like there's lots of um, kind of people that we test or people we work with, like yourself, who are kind of either for or against PrEP. Nobody ever talks about it. Is it a bit isolating or is it...? Is I, I was I just thinking that. It's like, I was wondering if the clinic ever link you up with anyone else just to have a conversation I'm not saying anyone needs support around it but just to have those conversations I don't think it's isolating I think it's like a lot of these things where you don't you, you don't it's not, it's not something you deliberately don't talk about mm. but I think a lot of people don't talk about it because you might give the impression that um, that you're a bit of a slut is probably the best way to put it mm. um, and I think that's probably probably part of the reason that people don't talk about it is you know you might they they might be scared of someone saying oh yes but you're very promiscuous and you're always going out well no I don't think that's really the case but there is really it's no one's business even if you were no it doesn't it's very very similar to asking a woman are you on the on the pill yeah yeah which would probably get you a smack around the face (laughs) (laughs) Um, but that is I think it's almost on that level of it I Mm. think but where it is in in public perception is that a woman on the pill is very acceptable. A man on PrEP is a bit doubtful. Really? Now, it's interesting that you mentioned public perception because, again, I think the public is divided mm. about PrEP, the cost of PrEP. Should that money be spent on it rather than on other um, medication for other illnesses? Which is a difficult one. It's a very difficult one, but... The cost of PrEP is a lot less than the cost of treating someone who's got HIV. Absolutely, yeah. And that's that's the one that the numbers really haven't come out with very publicly, is PrEP is so much cheaper mm. than one person being treated for still potentially life to keep their um, count down at zero, as opposed to maybe... I don't know how many people have be on PrEP at the same the same cost, but it's probably 50 people, probably more than that. Mm. And and that's a, that's the balance. The balance is really saying what's better for a a funded health service. Do you do you have a lot of people on prep and make it available on prescription, or do you say we'd rather pay for the people who get HIV and spend a lot more money and potentially have more greater number of problems with it? Yeah, yeah. Now I agree, and I think um, someone said to me recently, I can't remember who it was, was saying all oh, the condoms are much cheaper than prep everybody should just use condoms but you have highlighted perfectly earlier in that conversation why that doesn't yeah always yeah. work no, no. so i think i think our stance is that you know the more um kind of methods available to protect people the better you know it's fantastic that we've got more choices now we're not just solely reliant on condoms um i think one of the issues that does concern me is that some people seem to think that prep can protect against everything. No, it doesn't. 
and that's the thing about PrEP is PrEP is protection against HIV. It's not protecting you against the standard STIs. Mm. Um, and it's not making sure that you've got up-to-date hepatitis B um, and bits like that. It's yeah. not, it's, so it's only doing a limited protection. It's very specifically protecting on one thing. Yes, yeah. yeah. So it's always kind of worth... When we test people, we always remind them of that. To yeah. say that yes, it's great, but alongside. But I think we've had a conversation here about prep and talking really about gay men, but prep's important for a lot of women as well. Yes. And, and I think there's a not an underrepresented group, but I think there's a group of people there who don't realise the advantages of could be for them on prep as well. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yes. So we speak. Yeah. Um, well, we have women, obviously, that come and test with this yeah. too. Most of whom have never even heard of the the prep trial. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's exactly that reason it's been very, very pushed into the gay community, mm. but it hasn't really gone into the straight community, the straight mm. women who have multiple partners. Yeah. Well, this is yeah. the kind of conversation that we were having just before you came in, Andy, around the fact: a, how do you target all the other groups as well? That that you know could could be so useful for but also there are just a lot of different messages aren't there out there all great ones but we've certainly had people say well I'm really confused so I'm using condoms but then U equals U so untransmittable but then there's prep over here and so where does that and it's just I think at the moment there are lots of great methods and lots of information that we need people to understand but it's how do we tie that all together so that they understand each different part of it rather than do, do you understand what I'm saying Yes, and I think that's a difficult one. Yes, I think it's it's exactly gone, what we it's, were saying. It's gone, it's, it's gone very well. The publicity into the gay community has gone fantastically. Mm. It just hasn't worked as well in the straight community because a lot of straight people have always, and if you go back to the government advertising campaigns in the 80s, it was all targeted at gay men. Yeah. So it wasn't, there, there's always been this stigma that it's only, only, gay, only men can get HIV when there is a population of women who can get HIV. Oh, definitely. Yeah. yeah. And our, our client base, base reflects that. You know, it's yeah. very equal um, split between the men and, and the women that we yes. support. Yes. Yeah. Um, but I think over the years, messages around safe sex and not contracting HIV um, haven't always gone out there. We know there's been no government campaign for gosh, many, many years. And the messages that do go out are targeted at specific yeah. groups. And that doesn't always reflect our client base because our client base is so diverse. And it will be. Yeah. And, and that's, the, that's the sad thing about it is that there's, there isn't that look and help from health service, really, to say we need to target across the broad spectrum. Mm. Right. And I think, I mean, we do have quite a few women who have contracted from partners that they were unaware, were unfaithful, whether that's with men, women, whoever, yeah. they're unaware. So how can you target people that don't even have an idea that they're at risk or they could protect themselves? You know, that is a ridiculously difficult question. It's, it's a very difficult one, yeah. <laughs> you don't have the answer to What's that. Andy? <laughs> you can't answer it because all you need is somebody unfaithful at some point in the chain. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And you, and you get that ripple effect Yeah. that goes on. Absolutely. Yeah. That's it. It is a complicated, complicated issue. <laughs> We're no further forward with an answer for No, but I think it's really good for people to hear about someone's experience on the impact trial. Yeah. And yeah. Well, I think the other thing is what's going to happen at the end of the impact trial. That's, that's a big mm. question as well. 
How long is the... I think they were saying it was three years to start with. Okay. Yeah. But it'd be interesting what happens with that because is everybody on the trial be just going to fall off it and Um, go back to where we were? mm. Yeah. And what, A, what would that impact have? And then versus what impact would it have carrying on with the meds? Yeah, there are lots and lots of... What you have to hope is somebody's already looking at the numbers and saying we've we've reduced the number of HIV. And if you look in London, the the numbers have fallen absolutely dramatically. Mm. So it can only be an impact on the the funding in the health service now. Mm. Uh, There's more more money available for something and they should be able to work out numbers and say X people on PrEP equals Y contracting HIV. And the numbers are going to be very different. If the PrEP impact trial ended tomorrow... Would you go back to purchasing PrEP? i go back up to Dean Street and purchase it, or i go somewhere where I could purchase it in the UK. Oh. Yeah. Because it's so important. You know, yeah. It just gives you that peace of mind. It just says you can you can go out and have some fun, and it can go wrong in some way, mm. and you can come home with a little bit more confidence than really going down to your local A&E unit and sitting there for four or five hours waiting to be given um, PEP. Yeah, yeah. So for you, it's a real game changer. Yes. Fantastic. And is sex, I don't mean to pry, but is it more enjoyable? Can you relax more when you go out cruising? Oh, yes, a lot more. That's good. Because you're not always thinking about, have I got condoms, have I got everything else with me? And I suppose, like we're saying about stealthing, you're probably not there, what are they doing? Are they moving? Like, what's happening? Is the condom still on? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. That's really good. Fantastic. Thank you so much for coming in and talking to us, Andy. Yes. And uh, we'll put information on the impact trial along with this podcast so that anyone can access it or, or details about 5016 Street where people can purchase PrEP. Yes, and I think there's um, there's probably still numbers around and you know the numbers better at the local clinics of who can still take part in the trial. Mm. Yeah, there are still some spaces, yeah. There are, I think, yes. Yeah. But we can check up on that. Definitely. Thank you. That's all right. Thank you, Andy. Thank you for listening to HIV Hope and Charity. If you'd like to know more about our work, visit our website, tvps.org.uk. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavour. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Wanna get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.